Trash Cinema. Buddy, it is Trash Cinema, and uh, this episode is going to be a little bit different. We usually tra- discuss like horror movies. For the most part, I think it's like a 50-50 shot whether it's going to be a horror movie or not. <laughs> I think this is the first time in a while that we've done action movies. Kersey, are you mad at me for suggesting these? Uh, no, I, I think they're, like, I really liked Stone Cold, and then uh, the other one was, it was okay. Okay. You never know, because I always wonder if I suggest something, you're like, I hate your guts for making me, has, has there ever been a movie that I made you watch that you really hated? Oh, um, what was the last episode we did? Uh, Leprechaun. Oh, a, yeah, was... you did not have a good time with Leprechaun. Yeah. Only, yep, 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 that was it. The only one that I've hated with an unwavering passion was real early on, and it was God's Not Dead. And I was like, this is fucking miserable. Yeah, that was a... that. I, well, I mean, it's funny if you watch it with people. Like, I watched it alone the first time, and it pissed me off. And then I ironically watched it with a couple friends, and we had a great time. So. <laughs> All right, so we have suggested this uh, off and on for the last couple months about doing biker films, just trying to find the right pairing. And I thought, I watched Stone Cold, and I had just ordered Savage Dawn. Savage Dawn is a movie from Vinegar Syndrome. Uh, now, it was, I don't know who it was with originally, but it was a limited edition. I have the... Uh, the Blu-ray of it with the handwritten limited edition numbers on top. That's right. I'm cool, kids. Um, and I was watching it going, holy shit. There's two people from Stone Cold in another biker movie from five years earlier. Uh, I was like, this is the perfect pairing right here. Yeah. The, uh, the, the main guy in Savage Dawn, he was in Stone Cold as the villain, right? Yes, so Lance Henriksen is the main villain in Stone Cold. He's the hero in Savage Dawn. And then the villain in Savage Dawn, William Forsythe, is one of the main bad guys in Stone Cold. And I was like, this has to go together. Yeah, it's a spiritual successor. I don't know. It, it, it was... Uh... Yeah, uh, well, which one should we talk about first? Uh, well, let's go chronologically. So Savage Dawn is the one, I believe, it was 85 or 86. And this one, to me, is... It feels like one of the last drive-in style movies. Like, it's the end of an era where this is clearly made for a very particular audience where Stone Cold looks like it was made for mainstream audiences. You know this place played grindhouses, drive-ins, and then died a a weird life on VHS. Yeah, it is... um, It's... (laughs) I don't know how to describe it other than to say it's cheap as fuck. It is a dirty... Uh, cheap film where they had like one, they had like they had like one great thing that they wanted to put into. It, it was like we need a tank for this movie, <laughs> and we're gonna put about ninety five percent of the budget in that. Well, I, here's the thing: is I want to know is that town real or did they make that town? It looks pretty fake to me. Okay, so you think they built it from scratch? I think I think they borrowed it. I don't know where they would have found it, but I feel like they just found. Like, bits and pieces and kind of strung it together. Right. It looks like a dead mining town, and what was left over after that town collapsed was probably bought by the company or rented by the company, and they might have added some stuff to it, which I think, to me, uh, brings a lot of appeal to it, because, to me, Savage John is a Western. It just happens to be set in the 80s. 
because you have the outlaws coming into town, you got the lone hero riding his horse in and seeing his old girlfriend and his old friends or whatever, and turns out there's chaos ensuing, and he's there to stand against the evil. And yeah, it has an unforgiven kind of vibe in the beginning. You know, the um, the old outlaw is uh, you know not not gunslinging anymore, uh, trying to go trying to go do right by people, but it's kind of drawn back in the life. Yeah, and, and we have kind of a... It's it's a mixture of some of the Spaghetti Western stuff, too, because we have a lot of the Clint Eastwood-style uh, Spaghetti Western, where it's um, a fistful of dollars, where or I would say Yojimbo, which is the original thing from Japan, is you already have some shitty people there running the town in the first place. And then they're going up against the even worse biker gang and seeing how things... You know, he plays both sides against each other a little bit. And um, he's, you know, basically very quiet... And stoic, and boy, Lance Henderson, his stare can burn a hole through you, and it just felt a lot like the Clint Eastwood style movies. Yeah, no, it's funny. Like watching the movie, I had the first time I actually watched it twice. The first time I had to skip around a lot, um, and then after a couple days, I was like, you know what? I don't think I remember a single thing from that movie. I better actually watch it this time. And then I uh, watched it. I, I skipped over a couple parts, but for some reason, whenever you know he was on screen, I always had to stop and watch that. And it's it's just his his rugged, dirty, sweaty face for some reason just sucked me in. <laughs> and and this is between Terminator and Alien, so he's not a name yet. It wouldn't happen for a couple more years till like Pumpkinhead came out, and still, Lance Henriksen's always been one of those guys that bounces in and out of mainstream films, direct to video films, you know, low level stuff. But this is really before anybody knew who he was. And uh, it, right, it was for Near Dark too, so he really hadn't hit it big. So you watch this movie, and you didn't know who he was the first time. You're never certain if, is he, if he really is a good guy, or he's, is he just even worse than the rest of them? Because he has that feel about him. You cannot trust him. I don't know. I, I didn't really get that feeling from, uh, from the beginning. It always seemed, Well, I mean, he did kind of treat his son pretty shitty, uh, in the beginning, oh yeah, and then he there was a woman. I think that woman was being raped, and he just walked away. Yeah, and that was kind of messed up. Yeah, it's just and he taught and his kid and his kid wanted to do something about it. And he's like, nope, we're out of here. By the way, that kid is the best friend of our hero in uh, an episode we did earlier called Deadly Friend. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, oh, the robot goes, baby, baby. Um. It's kind of an all-star, though, when it comes to trashy films. We have Karen Black, who's one of the craziest actresses of all time. I did not expect her to go full-on insane and fall in with the biker gang. Uh, yeah, that was fantastic. Her performance is nuts, though, and I, most of her performances are kind of crazy. I can't believe at one time she was a mainstream actress, and then, you know, just people are like, she's not right in the head. There's a look in her eyes. It looks like she's on something. <laughs> uh, we have Richard Lynch. a very... Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say she has a very Jenna Malone-style, like, craziness, except Jenna Malone is a little better at, like, hiding it. Yeah. Well, there's a look. There's, like, I feel like one of Karen Black's eyes is off. Like, it just goes in a different direction a little bit. And it gives you, like, a Daffy Duck, uh, wild, crazy look. Um, but we also have Richard Lynch, who was the priest in this, a real sleazy, tempted by the fruit Ooh. of another... And he's one of those legendary garbage guys. Uh, I think, if I remember correctly, he was in a cult back in the 70s, and he set himself on fire and realized, what the fuck am I doing? And then he got put out. 
But that gave him his signature look, and that's why he was a villain in so many movies for decades. Huh. Interesting. Uh, who else we have? We have George Kennedy. Captain Comover, George Kennedy in his wheelchair and all his weaponry, and uh, he's, he's in so many of these trashy movies in the 80s. I love it. He was an interesting character. I don't really know where he fits into the movie. It kind of just seems like a guy that kind of wandered into it. Yeah. Well, you give George Kennedy money, he'll show up. That's just the way he was That's in the true. 80s. <laughs> He's in a... God, I think it's called The Uninvited. I can't remember where there's a demon that hides inside of a cat's mouth and it kills people. Kind of like The Hidden. But on the cover of the VHS tape, it literally shows you the demon bursting out of the cat's mouth and gets barfing out the villain. It's truly one of the craziest covers oh, I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> awesome. Um, but basically the plot is, like I said, the, these rough gangs, uh, rough biker gang comes into town. Whoop! <laughs> Sorry, and you probably heard that. My speaker fell off. <laughs> uh, technical difficulties. Wow, I'm looking at the sound bar right there and it just shoots straight up. Um, but it's these bikers coming into town and basically taking over from, you know, they have a really shitty sheriff. And there's a what, what's what's with the little people in a lot of these low budget movies in the '80s? Like they were just uh, and to me, it's it's the same kind of thrill that people get seeing like a little person in uh, like a carnival that rolls through town. It's just kind of like there to as like some kind of cheap entertainment, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it feels like they're purposely doing it. like like you said, like a carnival. Like this is a freak show. I'm not saying little people are freak shows. Don't misunderstand me, but it's the idea that they're trying to present. Um, you watch right, 80s yeah. music videos, and they're always supposed to be off-kilter. They always had little people, and I don't know why. But yeah. the town is... I don't even know where this town is. It feels like it's right on the border, where there's, you know... Um, it's a desert town. It's desert doornail. I don't even know what they're fucking... What do they do to make money? There's no mine. There's no tourism. There's no businesses there, there's, except... Yeah. The there's, like, there's like two businesses. Yeah, it's a pit stop to hell, and it looks like a ramshackle town where it's just been slowly put together, and everything there is just trash. Like just, uh, it, it's a borderline, not just a western, but almost kind of Mad Max. Yeah, I mean, the they're literally like that scene when that couple's car breaks down, and then the the bad biker gang goes up there and starts messing with them. That felt like when I was watching that, I was like, huh, it's like the opening of Mad Max. Yeah, so maybe yeah, maybe it's a mixture of both. Maybe it's a love letter to both genres because, in a way, the Road Warrior was always kind of a western anyway. Mm-hmm. That's true. But I, I think the action at times can be clumsy, but some of the stuff they set up is really interesting. And I kept looking um, to see a stunt double, and I truly believe when Lance Henderson burst, I don't know if you remember the sequence where they're attacking the lady, and he bursts out the window, jumps... Uh, goes down the bridge, grabs onto the side of the bridge, drops off, grabs onto a ledge, and then yep. lands on a biker. And I kept looking, and I go, I think that's him the entire time. I mean, that, that certainly could have been because, I, I mean, not to give too much credit because that, I mean, it was a little bit clunky. He didn't actually hit the biker. It's very obvious. No, that's true. But, yeah, I, it, I, I did notice that, too. It did seem like there wasn't any stunt doubles, and, um, I mean, the fight choreography is, is not that great. And it I seems kind of like they made it. They made it up on the day. Yeah. Well, also maybe that's part of the problem is because Lance Henderson isn't a fight guy. You know, he's not a stunt man. He's an actor, mm-hmm. and maybe he wanted more realism when it comes to look. It, it, the thing about movie fight sequences, it, if we if it's realistic, 
we are usually bored because most fights I've ever seen in real life are clumsy and awkward and no one knows what they're doing. They're not Jackie Chan stuff. They're not highly choreographed, well-designed. So I'm caught. I'm torn between what do I want this to look as realistic as possible, but maybe it's not as dynamic, or do I want something that is fake? Well, like, what about the They Live? That's one of the greatest fight scenes That's of all tr- time. Well, to be fair, though, <laughs> Roddy Roddy Piper is a, a wrestler who's probably done this over and over, and Keith David's the size of a fucking Buick. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, and they it, both have the acting chops to sell a fight. Right. And uh, I, I think this movie is worthy. I feel like it's the pinnacle of that era where you know you have a really low-budget action film and they're just scraping together bits and pieces that they can make it just a little bit better than just pure exploitation. I thought it just a notch above. If you want to know what that kind of movie, you know, that didn't have Chuck Norris <laughs> or Charles Bronson exploitation action movies back then, I, I think this is a pretty good choice. It's it's not bad. Like watching it the first time, skipping through, I was like, oh, this is another one of those type of movies. But watching it the second time, I actually did find myself enjoying it more. I don't know why that is. I don't know. Maybe it's because I like already know what to expect, and I can kind of just enjoy it for what it is. I mean, it kind of has like the first half is very much like the western slow style, and the second half is like the very grindhousey. Oh, it's a bunch of boobs and and guns. Yeah. Well, I also think the actors yeah. don't slum it. They're in it to. I mean, there's some guys. This guy in there is bald. He has a top hat and little glasses, or whatever. I thought he was selling the shit out of this. William Forsythe said so the villain. Um, was very interesting because he's crippled, he, and, but yet he's still the lead, and everybody's afraid of him. Yet he limps like crazy. Yeah, yeah. There, there are some interesting bits about it for sure. Um, it it is what it is. I think it's I think it's okay. I, I'm not I'm not sure I would necessarily recommend, but if you're into that kind of thing, then I would definitely say go for it. Yeah, don't don't pay for it like I did, unless you're a huge fan of it. It's on YouTube for free. I uh, I think I paid twenty bucks for the limited edition collector's edition. Seriously though, the slipcover. If you love this movie, the slipcover is the best I've ever seen in my life. It's like thick, like almost like balsa wood. It's it's weird. It's not that cheap, shitty cardboard. Well, I mean the the, the audio quality and the YouTube video is very low, so you know That's if you true. like that kind of thing, maybe pay for it. Yeah, there's lots of special features, but Stone Cold is the one that should have tons of special features. And I got and Olive has this on Blu-ray. It doesn't have a fucking trailer, and not, and no commentary, no special features. I feel like I want to know about this movie because Stone Cold might be the most testosterone-dripping, manly, out just crazy-ass big-budget movie. It is borderline. Uh, it is basically borderline homosexual film in a lot of ways. Like, it really, really, really wants you to know that this guy is cut and muscular and has a great butt for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. But <laughs> it's just one of those things where it's it's like, um, it's like, oh, God, what was that one? Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, where it's, like, very homoerotic. Yeah, it's very much about the brotherhood and, and, and togetherness, or whatever. It's it's if it's not homoerotic, it's very um, romantic <laughs> with the worst people on the planet. <laughs> I mean, there was a scene where he, the guy comes into his house and he's got a he's wearing a thong basically um, as he's walking around the apartment, and they make that joke about like his pants are on top of his lizard, and he's, he's got you got something in your pants. Like it, it was pretty sexual. Yeah. 
Well, this is also the era where, um, I think it's because of Lethal Weapon 2, Mel Gibson walked in the moonlight after having the sex scene or whatever, and they showed his butt, and everybody went fucking apeshit for it. So all of a sudden they started showing everybody's butt, and Van Damme was notorious for showing it, and I think that's what they're trying to do with Brian Bosworth. And um, do you know who Brian Bosworth is at all? Yeah, I've uh, heard his name many times, and he's a very, by the way, I'm, I'm, yeah, I kind of sounded homophobic when I, when I was going on that street. Uh, he is a very attractive man. I'll give him that. <laughs> the hairdo, I don't know about that part, but <laughs> that hairdo's ridiculous. But he was a big showboat. If you don't know who he is, he was a big showboat uh, in football. He was an okay player. He was a red hot uh, prospect, and um, I think he only played for the Seattle Seahawks for two, maybe three years before he got injured and couldn't play anymore. So he did this, I think he did this movie between his first and second season. And uh, this movie was very expensive. They, they were so sure he was going to be a big breakout. He was going to be like the next Schwarzenegger with more charm. And it didn't do shit. Yeah. It was the first movie of the summer. Yeah. It made like $3 million. It cost twenty five, and woof. It was definitely one of those when... Uh, when, when you watch it, you're like, oh, this is like totally vanity project. This is something that they're like, we're going to sell this kid to the top. And, you know, this could be like the movie that does it and it just went nowhere. Yeah. But it, it goes, but it's, oh, man, you're going to burn out, burn out like this, man. He did a bunch of directed video movies after this, but this is directed by Craig R. Baxley, and he was a big stunt guy for the A Team television show. And uh, because of that, he got hired to do a movie called Action Jackson. Have you seen Action Jackson? I have not. I have heard of it. Oh, my God. That is pure bliss trashiness. Um, it's Craig T. Nelson doing kung fu fighting. <laughs> Just with, oh, my like, God. He's like a Nazi, neo-Nazi kind of guy, and he's trying to destroy everything. Sharon Stone's his drug-addicted wife, and he takes on Carl oh. Weathers. I have to get you Action Jackson. Um, yes, I would love to see this. All you had to say was Craig T. Nelson doing kung fu. <laughs> it's... Uh, it's from the same team that did Die Hard. So half the bad guys in Die Hard are the bad guys in Action Jackson. Um, oh, let's just say this. Uh, Carl Weathers takes a rocket launcher to a guy's chest, and he goes, how do you like your ribs? <laughs> wow. <laughs> just, oh, my God. I have to find this thing. Yes. Um, but that, that did okay. So he got hired to do this, and this is his showcase. He only got $7 million to do Action Jackson. So there's only a, a few really great stunts. But this thing is insane. And every stunt in it is just like times ten what it should be. The whole scene where they were introducing the bikers, um, where they're trying to shoot beer cans off their head, is fucking insane. Mm -hmm. There's no way you can shoot off a calico gun like that that shoots a hundred round drum, uh, a cylinder or whatever, at high speed, and hit the beer can and not kill. It should have ripped the guy's head off. (laughs) Where'd the bullets go? Yeah. Yeah. It went to the car behind him, and then he kept shooting it, and somehow he, like, walked away from the car without getting shot. Yeah. I don't know what, what the hell. Well, this movie but, is uh, not grounded it. in reality, and it knows it, and it loves it, and that's why it's so much fun. Yeah, this is definitely turn off your brain. This is going to be a show. Yeah. Wait, no, oh, we should talk about the opening, which is ripped off from Cobra. And I've seen this in like 10 other movies where the guy casually walks into a bank or grocery store, whatever it is, and real casual-like and takes him out with no problem whatsoever. This one, he's more laid back than like Cobra, where he's like, uh, you're the disease, I'm the cure. <laughs> Yeah, they weren't going for dark and gritty. They were going for fun over the top. And yeah, him, like, there's a, there's a bunch of uh, 
people go in to try to rob a market, like a grocery store for mm-hmm. some reason. I, I don't know why they would pick a grocery store, but anyway. So they're robbing the joint, and then he just walks in and starts shopping like nothing's happening. And, of course, they go up to him like, ooh, put your hands up, and then he just casually kicks their ass, and it's awesome. Well, they don't say he like has, that. He has, like, the biggest leather jacket I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, it's insane. It, well, it's also the fact that they're so over the top. It's almost comic book or cartoony, because they're not just like, hey, man, what are you doing? They're like, hey, man, put up your hands, or I'm going to shoot your brains out. You know, real, just <laughs> chewing the scenery. <laughs> Yeah, didn't he just? Didn't, didn't he like push a guy or like hit him with the butt of a gun? And he just went like flying into his yeah. hands. It was like fifty feet away. <laughs> I'm telling you, every stunt is accelerated beyond reality. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so there's fantastic. there's that cliche opening scene. But this time, I don't really think it was a cliche. They hadn't done it that much. But um, basically, he's given the mission to go infiltrate a biker gang because they believe that they're going to attack uh, City Hall and take out uh, the governor. Yeah, because they he's kind of he's one of those tough on crime guys. Yeah, and and of course they're full on crime. Plus they're also busting one of their buddies. But these guys are more like burn the system down, neo Nazis. You know that if this was a real thing, all those fuckers voted for Trump. (laughs) (laughs) But probably there's a scene similar to this as it is in Savage Dawn, also where they infiltrate in the military and they, they steal a bunch of their stuff. Yeah, oh, okay, that's the thing that I was kind of confused about when I watched it. So are they, like, friends with the military? It seemed like they had connections, and that's how they got some of their weaponry. I'm not sure. I can't remember how they... Both movies are are interesting because I feel like... I think in Savage Dawn, they're literally on the side of the road or whatever, and they flip them off or whatever, and then all of a sudden it turns out they they pull over and they take all their stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. But in Stone Cold, they just go up to the armory or whatever, and they're like, guys, you need to leave now. And they don't, for some reason, are overwhelmed. You know, they don't bother to pull their guns at all, but, you know, it's like two against 40. Mm-hmm. They get shot, and they just go right yeah. to the armory. So I don't know how easy it is to steal guns and planes and <laughs> helicopters and stuff, but it seems real easy compared to these two movies. Ah, oh, we'll just take a tank. Sure. Yeah. Uh, that's probably how they got the tank in the other movie. I don't know. Apparently, it's really easy to rip off the military. <laughs> the... Um... But they use all that equipment and uh, take over City Hall. And I, I got to tell you, everything you see before that is just very simple. You know, he get you know, bar fights, biker fights, you know, a lot of, ooh, is they going to discover I'm undercover or not? You know, that kind of stuff. But the end is where it just goes supernova. Everything blows up. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. Like when he's strapped into the helicopter and, and by the way, again, it's, because they have more money, obviously. But, you know, having the one tank in the other movie is just kind of seems underwhelming compared to this, where they got planes, tanks, helicopters, everything. They're just pulling out all the guns on City Hall. Um, not only from the outside, but from the inside, too, because they have, like, their own crew um, that's dressed up as, you know, like normal civilians. The main villain is dressed up as a preacher, and uh, they attempt to basically assassinate him. Uh, with no way to, uh, no way of being able to escape. Oh, right, because they're surrounded by the military. But it's just, it's it's so ballsy of their idea. It's just so insane. They they must have known that they most of them were going to die. Oh yeah. And and Lance Henriksen, you think he has a stare that'll burn through you in the first movie? He is fucking insane in this movie when the, when his one uh you know the, the one biker guy who's kind of nerdy if you want to put him in that category kind of nebbish 
um, when he's like, this is not what we do, man. This is, we are family. We don't, you know, just assassinate people. And he grabs his hand and he throws it into the running motorcycle. Holy shit. Yeah. And then he stays with them. He's still part of the group. He has no figures. Yeah, like, what? well, he could do a lot worse than that. If that's your, like, if that's your warning, well, what is the punishment going to be? Oh, my God, yeah. And then uh, that that hair that Lance Hendrickson has, clearly uh, fake. They must have done those, what do you call oh, yeah. those things? The the little pieces they weave in. Are they called weaves? What's that? What's that I think hair? that's a weave, yeah. Yeah, hair attachments or whatever. They it, it, it looks pretty decent, but you can tell that it's an add-on. It's not as bad as like an Escape from L.A. where you can see the line all the way around where they added the hair on. But... Um, that little pencil thin mustache and the shades and the greasy hair Lance Henderson it looks like he's enjoying himself yeah and did they did, did they put in fake teeth that are like more separated I, I couldn't tell I don't know it's, it's he just becomes a whole character but I feel like his teeth might be the same but the way the mustache looks it can change the way your teeth come off I guess that's true. I think he was just really into that character, and I, maybe I just like imagined that they were like that because I just imagined his character would look like that. Yeah, it's funny. It was when he laughs, he smell. He sounds like he just smoked forty packs, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just whatever you can imagine. Um, in the final fight sequence, it happens. It just guns ablazing, people flying around. Uh, and it's really well choreographed fight sequences too, and I was just impressed. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a solid watch for me. Yeah, it's uh it's just a bummer that the Blu-ray has no special features because I want to know what it was like for uh, that uh, Brian Bosworth on his very first movie and just seeing all this crazy action around him. Yeah, that'd be, I mean that's weird. It doesn't even have a trailer because I uh, have uh, the. Oh, got Big Trouble in Little China. That has like eight different trailers on there. Wow! Did you get the new version of Big Trouble from Shout Factory? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got ten. It's uh, it's so nice. Um, well, there's a company. Most specialty mm. companies that put out Blu-rays load them up with special features, but Olive Films right. bought a bunch of movies, and almost none of them have any special features. But yet they want you to pay through the nose. Look, I got American Ninja from them, of all things. And it has a commentary track and an interview with the, the cast and, and trailers. Are you telling me you had more from that movie available <laughs> than Stone Cold? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because they know that you'll you'll pay for it because it's a, a better-known movie. Yeah, it's, well, yeah, it's one of those things I think that blew up on video because it didn't do in theaters at all. And I think it was four yeah. more years before he did another movie called One Man's Justice, where his sidekick is, I'm not shitting you, MC Hammer. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. oh, thank God for... Thank God that you did not pick that one. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Um, so I think that's it for this episode. Anything else you want to say before we go? Uh, no, definitely check out Stone Cold. That was amazing. I think we have two episodes left before our 100th episode. No, 98, 99, no, three. Ooh. I don't know how to add. So 98, 99, and uh, 100 we have left. Um, so after this, we're going to be starting a spinoff of Video Night called Video Fright, where we pick four movies from every year starting at 1980 and then working our way up till now and uh, trying to find legitimately good horror films. We're not just going to pick trashy ones. And then uh, I think we'll work our way back to doing this show again. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very excited about this. It's going to be 
Uh, probably maybe a little bit more in my wheelhouse, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know what we'll do next. Do you have any ideas? Uh, shoot. I, I don't know if I sent you any ideas. I don't know. We'll have to talk. Oh, there's like Kung Fu. We haven't done Kung Fu movies in a few years. Um, there's oh, post-apocalyptic uh, movies. I... <laughs> yeah, I, I do have some Kung Fu, but I, I will have to go back because I think I already said we already did one. Yes, we did. All right. So that is it for now. Check us out on Facebook under Video Night Podcast. We're going to spin off of that. And Video Night will be back this summer, everybody. Uh, we're doing a trilogy of detective and noir-oriented episodes. And, uh, Kersey, thank you for another great one. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, everybody. Have a good night. Say stay trashy. You're supposed to say stay trashy. Oh, say, say, say trashy. Oh, way yeah, you. All the cool kids doing it. Not awkward. Perfect. I, I, I nailed it. Yes. You, you stuck the landing. <laughs> Three more episodes to get it right. All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs>